Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Just let's worship his name, let's lift his name on high, let's magnify his holy name. He's high and exalted, he's lifted up high. There is no one like our God, there's no one like our King, there's no one like our Maker. He's high and exalted, he reigns, he reigns, he reigns above all, he reigns above all, you reign above all. There's no end, there's no end of your, there's no section of your wisdom. Oh God, we honor you tonight. We bless your name tonight, oh God. You are worthy of our adoration. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our coming to you, oh God. You are worthy of our coming to you, oh God. Father, you are worthy of it all. Makosi Atama. We honor you, Jesus. We bless your holy name, oh God. There is no God like you, oh Jesus. There is no God like you, Jesus. Take all your praise. Take all your worship, oh God. In the name of Jesus. The Lord, may we have a blessed time. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we give you all the in glory. The in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. Take your place, Lord. May be blessed because we came. Take your place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I am a new creation. No more in condemnation Here in the praise of God I stand My heart is overflowing My life's just
just keeps on going. You're in the praise of God. I stand one more time. I am a new creation. Hey. I am a new creation. No more in condemnation. You're in the praise of God. I stand. It's your heart overflowing for the King of Kings. Oh, my heart is overflowing. My life just keeps on going. You're in the grace of God, I stand. And I will praise, and I will praise you, Lord. And I will praise you, Lord. And I will say, of all that you have done. Oh, oh, and I You're in the grace of God I stand And I will praise And I will praise you Lord And I will praise you Lord And I will sing Of all that you have done Oh, a joy that knows no limit in my spirit you're in the grace of God I stand if you're looking for somebody to love you look my way look my way if you're looking for somebody to praise you look my way look my way look my way look oh if you're looking for somebody to love you, Lord, look my way, look my way. If you're looking for somebody to praise you, oh, look my way, look my way, look my way. Look, oh, Lord, if you're looking for somebody to love, to love you, look my way, look my way. If you're looking for somebody to praise you, look my way, look my way, look my way, look my way. Oh, I don't have many things to offer, just a passion for you. Every day it gets a little bit, I get a little bit closer, closer. Closer to you, Lord, you have my heart. Lord, you have my heart. You have my soul. You have my soul. And there's, and there's one thing that I want you to know. If you're looking for somebody to love, love you. Oh, look my way. Look my way. If you're looking for somebody to pray, thank you. Oh, look my way. Look my way, look my way, you know, Lord, if you, if you're looking for somebody in Columbus to praise you, oh, look my way, look my way, if you're looking for somebody to bless you tonight, hey, look my way, look my way, oh, look my way. 
Lord, my way, oh, you give and take away, oh, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say, blessed be, Lord, you give, you give, you give and take away, Lord, you give and take away, hey, my heart will choose to say, blessed be, you give and take away, you give and take away, oh, you give and take away My heart will choose to say Blessed be, blessed Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your name, Jesus Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your glory Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your name Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your glorious name Give the Lord a hand clap, Amen His name is worthy to be praised As you are clapping to the Lord You want to be on your feet if you can As we welcome God's anointed servants for tonight For this house, for Raccoon Diocese For our lives tonight Reverend Gilbert Asamoa, Amen Amen Father, we thank you so much for your kindness in drawing us close to your heart and calling us your own dear children. We appreciate it. We ask you, dear Lord, transform us to be like you. Make us be a people who can deal in the supernatural realm and become part of what you are doing by the utterances of faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. We thank the Lord. So today, God willing, we will finish the series we've been on for some time. I hope you have enjoyed the series. 25 statements of a can-do man and we have always introduced that as faith. This is a series on faith and one of the things that God wants to groom us into becoming is to become like him. Amen. I believe it's in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 that says that be ye um imitators of God as dear children. Is that not so? So, you will discover as you read the Bible that God is also a God of faith. He operates by calling for the things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. And we've learned over and over again, 2 Corinthians 4.13, that the spirit of faith is about believing and speaking. So, the 25 statements of the can-do man are not just statements that he's making. 
a statement that he's making out of the heart, out of the faith that he or she has is why they are making those statements. So if you don't have those, you do, if you don't have that faith and you make those statements, it won't work. Hallelujah. Like, um, we pray in the name of Jesus, but in the name of Jesus, it's not a magical formula. Amen. It is a declaration of your faith first in his authority. Like back in those days where um, you could get a, a message from the emperor. He said, I come in the name of the emperor. In other words, I come in the authority of the emperor. And so if the emperor has not sent you, and you go and say, I come in the name of the emperor, and people know that you are trying to dupe them, you could be beaten. Amen. And so also, there was a man whose name was Steva. He had seven sons who were not Christians. They were not believers. But they have seen believers preaching and praying and casting out demons in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So what we are saying is that just repeating these 25 statements of the Kandu man means nothing. These seven sons of Steva, they tried to cast out a demon, but the demon spoke through the voice of the man saying, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but you, who are you? And then that man jumped on the seven sons of Sceva and beat them, all of them beat them up. Because one demon, the power of a demon is stronger than the power of a man. So he overpowered the seven men. And the scripture said they ran away ashamed and shirtless. Like he stripped them naked. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So what we are saying is that we are not just going through a bunch of slogans and jargons to good to know type, type, I mean, tag words. But we are talking about a consciousness we should develop over time. Faith, faith comes by what? Hearing. Hallelujah. And you notice that it's in ING, present continuous form. The hearing is not, faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. In, in the King James, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I hear some preachers, they take by the word of God out and he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So, you know how when you are doing a microscopic Bible study, you can take the verse and letter by letter. So, it brings out a meaning. Hearing and hearing. Not hearing once, but hearing and hearing. Hallelujah. And then the other thing you also see is that when Jesus was being tempted, you know, on the um, in the wilderness, the first temptation was what? Turn stone into bread. Hallelujah. He said, if you are the son of God, turn stone into bread. And the scripture said, Jesus answered, not on the basis of sonship. He dodged the sonship equation, sonship discussion. That I'm not interested in defending myself as a son. Rather, my priority here is to emphasize the word of God. Do you get it? So he didn't even defend himself. He said, man shall not what? Live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And you see that the word proceeded out of the mouth of God means that the word of God proceeds. When something is proceeding, it's a continuous something. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, the word proceed is the, the verb form out of which we have the now process. Hallelujah. What, what I'm saying is that faith 
Building faith is a process. And these 25 statements of the can-do man, it's not that you are supposed to memorize it and be going around saying it. But there is something in your heart and your relationship in God that makes you get to a place of confidence. Hallelujah. And that your mind changes from the way your heart changes based on the word of God. It's a journey for all of us. Hallelujah. Okay. So we are going to um, tackle the last five. I believe we reached 20. What did we, what did we reach last time? 21. Okay. So which was what? My enemies will be disappointed. Hallelujah. And then 22 says, I want your opinion. They can do, man. One of the things they do is that they also have trusted people that they discuss things with. Hallelujah. And even Jesus asked, asked the disciples what people thought of him. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do you meet? Do, you meet, do men say that the Son of Man is? Hallelujah. All right. Number 23. So we are going down the list to 25. Because um, we want to finish today. But I believe by God's grace we will finish. Did I give you all of it to 25 yet? Okay. Okay, so 23 says, 23 is I want your opinion. 23 says, though my beginning is small, my end shall be great. Hallelujah. The can-do man always thinks positive. But the positive thinking is not just based in mind positive thinking that the new age teaches. Amen. There is a difference. Because the, even if you're not a Christian, there's a teaching out in the world that you can think positive and things will be okay for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Which is not a bad idea, but you see, we, we cannot fool ourselves that the world is made up of just mind. You are human beings, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you are spirit, soul, and body. Paul said, I pray that you be sanctified wholly or completely, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Now, positive thinking just borders on the psyche, the mind, the soul. Amen. But you see, there is nothing that says that the soul and the spirit cannot work together. You, as a born-again believer, your spirit is one with Christ. The Bible says, he that is joined with Christ is one spirit with him. It's a verse in Corinthians, but we, we don't want to spend time looking for it. He that is joined with Christ is what? One spirit with him. It's not a, it, you don't feel that you are one spirit with Christ, do you? Because, because we have not grown our spirit to be alive enough. Amen. But if you are one spirit with Christ, the whole point is like putting a tea bag in what? A hot water. If you put tea bag in hot water, it has mixed to a point that you cannot separate the two. Hallelujah. So spiritually speaking, you and I are what? One spirit with Christ. And all the journey of our Christian life, we are growing in coming to A, accept it, and B, grow into working with it. Hallelujah. It's a journey of faith. Like I said, faith is a process. And so, and so, things happen to you and for you, the extent to which your faith has grown to, to, to receive it. That is how it is. Your faith grows in various aspects. God can be to you a provider. Okay? And God provides for you. But, but when you are sick, maybe you, don't, you haven't grown to believe that God is your healer. So you will not get the healing. Amen. But then, if you grow to the place where God is your healer, then he becomes your provider and your healer. Hallelujah. And then, and then you see that maybe sometimes you are afraid. You, you, you feel that something bad is going to happen. You have panic attacks. Meanwhile, your God, the Bible said, you are complete in him who is head of all principality and power. So what principality or power at all in the world is, is higher than God? But you see, we know it in our minds, right? 
But when we have not meditated on it and pondered over it and believed it to a point that it is second nature to us. You see, knowing the scripture in our mind is not the same as knowing it as, for, as a revelation. But when you grow to a place where that is real to you, when, when you, have, you have it, it is real to you. Then one day, all of a sudden, you are not afraid anymore. You are not going to have the panic attacks anymore. And even if you see a shadow, if you see a shadow coming, like you, you wake up in the night to go to the restroom and there's a shadow coming down the corridor, you are not going to be afraid. Hallelujah. Like there was a, there was a certain man, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, he, um, oh, it was Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth, if you heard of him, Apostle of Faith. The devil tried to terrorize him in the night. And um, I think the first day he woke up, one day, like you know Bishop talks about, one, if you have a bad dream or a demonic attack or whatever, one of the good things to do is to do what? Pray, yeah, which most people know, but there's something else Bishop talked about. Have communion. Communion is very powerful against demonic attacks. In the middle of the night, have some juice and some bread. Amen. <laughs> communion doesn't have to be with those round wafers. It can be with even crackers. Amen. 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 Some people will take advantage. <laughs> Eat the whole packet. <laughs> but... But make sure, if you are using it to have communion, make sure you have separated a portion and say, this is the bread, this is the wine. Pray over it, present it to God, and have communion. And then after that, if you feel like having more, take a different plate just for, for the sake of making sure that there's a difference between communion. And So I think when the devil appeared, uh, Smith Wilkinsworth, he had communion and prayed, and the thing disappeared. And then I think the thing came again. And this time, it wasn't like a dream. It was almost as if, you know, like a vision, like that thing has entered his bedroom. So when he popped his eyes open and this dark figure was standing there with red eyes, the, the proverbial classical description of the devil. Do you know what he said? He said, oh, it's just you. And then he went back and covered himself with his blanket. <laughs> Are you there? He said, oh, it's just you. It's like he was not even moved. Amen. And he actually covered himself and went back to bed without thinking of, has he left? Is he still here? And then the thing just disappeared because, you see, the devil, he operates by fear. When he knows you are afraid, that's when he will get you. Amen. Amen. But you see, you and I probably may not be able to do that. <laughs> it's a question of your faith rising to the level where the thing is so real to you. That the word of God is real and more powerful than the thing you are dealing with. Hallelujah. And so we grow in various aspects of the same God is there. And all his provisions and his things are there. But we are often only experiencing a fraction of God. Amen. So this series is just teaching us that this is all that there is in it. And you have the potential to grow into all that God has for you. Say amen. amen. Alright. So... The mindset of the can-do mindset, though my beginning is small, my end shall be great. Like you make up your mind that, look, I'm not going to remain like this. Amen. Amen. I remember when I was uh, finished um, my uh, MBA and I was doing a temporary job through a, an employment agency. They would send me to a place. I would do four weeks, then I'll go here. But the income was not, you know, reliable because... In between assignments, you could be home and waiting. So I took another job at a store. Amen. Amen. 
at the store, at the returns department of the store. So that's the place where angry people come. <laughs> when people who have brought some, bought something and it has broken, or they don't like it for whatever reason they are returned, that's the department I was working at. And I made the mistake of mentioning one day that I have a master's degree to some of the people. One guy, he laughed, ah, he said, look, I'm an astronaut, I'm an astronaut. If you have an MBA, I'm, a, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> so, and so, and so, in that type of environment, if you don't take care, you lose your self-confidence. But I know within myself that it, it is true. And that this place where I am, this place where I am is not going to be forever. Not that there's anything wrong with where I was, but that's not the income that I went to school for. I could earn something higher than thank that. You, you. And if I have the qualification, I was expecting. And one day I took a bus. Um, actually, the, I, was, I, I took a bus to go to this workplace that I'm talking about. And then um, I met uh, an elderly lady. An elderly lady, African-American lady. She was always talking to me and encouraging me. Actually, she gave me a long list of places I should apply to, including applying to uh, a corrections facility. They are looking for people. Do you get it? He, she gave me a long list. And I remember she, one day she forced me to take an apple. He said, you have to eat. <laughs> you know, the sad aspect is that after I got my job at the bank, I didn't see her again. I wanted to thank her, but I never met her again. But you see, during those moments, you have to know who you are. And you have to tell yourself that, look, my beginning may be small, but my latter end will greatly increase. The scripture is in Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Do we have it? Can you read it if you find it? I think the scripture is exactly the point. So even if... Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. It's a scripture, a good scripture to memorize. It's one of the first scriptures I memorized, you know, back in the early 2000s. It is something that you tell yourself. That my beginning may be small. Hallelujah. And you see, don't expect anybody to have confidence in you if you don't have confidence in yourself. Hallelujah. Yeah. You must tell this to yourself first and believe it. That my beginning is small. I don't dispute that. <laughs> my beginning may be small. There are some people, there are some church members, if you tell them you are coming to visit them, it's a problem. You have to pray seriously. Because, because of that, the person may not come to church. Because the moment every day they see you, you are going to harass them that I want to visit you. But the problem is that they think their place where they are living is not decent enough to have you there. But look, let's all face it. We've, been, we've all been through this. I mean, if I come to your home and there is only one chair in the living room, it's not something I have not seen some before. Have I not told you when I didn't, when I didn't have a, a TV? Do you get it? <laughs> and even when my sister gave me money for TV, I didn't use it for TV because I had other needs. Because it through conversation, I told her I don't have a TV. She said, what? You don't have a TV? How do you live? <laughs> she, said, she said, TV is my life. And so I used the money for something and then I rather got a used TV from somebody. Look, black and white, that's right. Black and white TV. If you, if you have not so what I'm saying is that, look, let's, let's be real. If it is not here, back home where you come from, you have been at a certain place. 
only that here, everybody is at a certain level, you know, that, you know, you don't know where people are coming from. <laughs> Look, I visited somebody. They were trying to put their TV on, and the TV was not starting. Until they called their son to come and slap the TV. <laughs> In fact, he was getting very worried. He said, look, I'll tell you, this TV works. This TV, don't worry, this TV works. I said, don't worry, I know it works. But he wanted it to come on before I leave. So finally, finally, his son came. He said, Kofi, come here, come here. And then the son came and slapped. He said, I told you it works. I said, I believed you all along. <laughs> Even though that beginning was small, believe that your latter end will not remain the same. Say amen. Yeah. All right. Number 24. Let's go. That's a very short but very loaded statement that the can-do man makes. Let's go. Let me just add number 25 and then we'll spend some time talking about 24. So number 25, 24 says, let's go. And then number 25 says, let's try the new plan. A can-do man accepts innovation. This is number 25. I'll spend a lot of time on 24, so I just want to add 25. You see, let's try the new plan. A can-do man is not, is not married to an old plan which no longer works. There are some people who will never accept a new plan. When something new is coming, they are nervous, they are anxious. Amen. And then also, and then also let's try a new plan. Also, within that statement, it is also implicit that maybe something went wrong with the old plan. Okay? And therefore, there's a need for a new plan. And a can-do man is always open to an idea. You know, one day we went to a camp and Bishop um, Ediadi was speaking, and he said, one of the things that they were, he and other leaders in the church were always anxious about was when Bishop Dak travels out of the country to have a camp at UK or America or somewhere. And after the camp or whatever meeting Bishop Dak had, he doesn't come back home right away. I said, why? Why are you unsure? He said, it means he's gone for a retreat somewhere. And then after the retreat, when he comes, always there's something new he's bringing. And you know how Bishop, he's always on the move. So when he comes, okay, I, I think the Lord said we should do this. And then they are moving. But then that thing, it creates work. <laughs> do you get it? That new idea creates work. And the who is going to do it? The people who are following him. And all of a sudden now, you have to change plans. You have to change things. But a person who is a can-do person does not mind the discomfort that the new idea brings. You see, people go forward because people are willing to change and innovate and bring new ideas. Hallelujah. And then the other thing also is that implicit in that statement is the fact that, you see, he embraced new ideas because, because he overcame discouragement of the old thing that didn't work. There are a lot of people who spend all their life um, mourning over something that didn't work. Hallelujah. And be mourning and be mourning and then you are, you are kind of trapped in an old era, in an old system, something that now, something else is there. But as a matter of fact, unless you are willing to take your focus off the old thing that does not work anymore, a new thing is coming and you may not even see. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? This is what happened to Samuel. Samuel if you read, I think, first Samuel chapter 9, it gives you an account of how Saul became king. Amen. Amen. Saul's father's donkeys had gotten lost, and he was looking for them. Not knowing God had appointed and anointed him to be king, but he didn't know. 
And so when we're looking for the donkeys and they couldn't find it, his assistant said, look, let's go. I hear there's a prophet here. Let's go and see the prophet who will help us find the donkeys. Meanwhile, God has spoken to Samuel that this day you're going to meet this man. And when he comes, he is the one I've anointed to be appointed to be king. Hallelujah. So the origins of Saul's kingship was very supernatural. And when Saul met um, Samuel, he gave an offering. Amen. He gave an offering. And then he also gave him a word. And then, and then eventually he met a group of people who were prophesying. And then the spirit of God came upon him. And the scripture said he became another man. So if you look at it, Samuel, uh, Saul is like Samuel's baby. As a king that through my ministry. It's, it's, just like, it's just like some of the people here that by the grace of God have raised as preachers and pastors. Don't you think I have a vested interest that they succeed? Yeah. And I will never give up on anyone, no matter what. Because it is like your child. No matter the mistake they make, you want to groom them, you want to bring them up. So one, one Saul disappointed God and offended God. And God said he has rejected Saul as king. It was something that was hard for someone to take. Amen. Amen. And he carried on crying and mourning and crying until one day the Lord told him, how long would you keep on mourning for Saul? I have appointed a man after my own heart, and I'm going to send you to Jesse's house, the Bethlehemite. Hallelujah. And out of his sons, you will raise someone. So, so someone suddenly now has a new idea. He has to choose either continuing to do what? Con mourn for Saul, who is no more accepted as God, by God. By the way, Saul was still in power. Hallelujah. Amen. He was still in power. And now someone had to hear the word of the Lord and leave that old idea that doesn't work anymore and embrace. And when he went to, uh, what's his name? Jesse's house. He's looking for somebody who looks like what? A king. Who looks like Saul? The one that he's used to. The scripture said that Saul, his shoulders was above everybody. He was tall. So no wonder when someone saw Eliab, who was David's older brother, he said, surely, this is the one the Lord has chosen. And the Lord said, I have rejected him. You see, to say I have not accepted him or he's not my choice is different from I have rejected him. <laughs> Amen. It's like his choice was not God's choice. Until they went through the seven people and then the eighth person who was not even there, David, was taking care of sheep. But it was a transition. And the problem many people have is that they are not able to migrate their transitions. That something that is no more working now, you need to start something new. Hallelujah. A new idea that has come. Are you with me? When you go down after, after Saul died, another problem that came was the people of Israel did not want to accept David as king. Not all of them. The, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, because Judah and Benjamin have always been together. It was easy for them to accept David. Why was it easy for them to accept David? He came from Judah. He was their tribesman. Like certain, certain countries, in order to be a presidential candidate of a certain party, you have to be from a certain region of the country. Forgive. <laughs> Are you listening to me? And so, but then the source descendants, source descendants, the, the people from source, um, what do you call, uh, family, they, they tried to continue their loyalty to Saul. And it took a while. First, David was anointed as, as a king in Hebron. And it was, I think, seven years before he became king over the whole of Israel. Because there were certain segments who were still living under the old regime. Never asserting that a new idea has come. That God has appointed someone new. Hallelujah. And you're going to find out that life is full of change. 
and sometimes God is bringing a new idea and something that but a can-do person is able to, like the sons of Issachar, is able to identify that, look, I must move on. Amen. Amen. This is something new that I need to embrace. Amen. If you live in the past, you won't go forward to new places that God has for you. Amen. Sometimes there's a clearly, you have seen all kinds of things that, look, it's time to move on. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So that's, we kind of started from the back. Number 25. But I want to talk about let's go. Hallelujah. Amen. This speaks to movement. The can-do man is what? A mover. Have you heard the expression? The movers and the shakers. Yeah. A person who is a can-do man doesn't sit still. It is the opposite of the spirit of inertia. People that just sit still and they just want things to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. A can-do man does not just sit still and want to do it. It's like, let's go. Let's go do it. You know, um, Trying to remember 9-11, the plane that fell at a place in Pennsylvania. You know there was a there was a movie that was made out of that, was it not? And and um, I think the the first name is Todd. I forgot his last name. The guy who led the effort to tackle the 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 hijackers. Amen. Because do you know where that plane was headed to? They, they wanted to go and drop it, I mean, run into the White House. But, but, of course, these people didn't even know where they were going. But they realized that something was wrong. And to their, to their um, you know, the danger, in spite of the danger, they decided to attack and, and tackle the people. And one of them was able to speak to his wife. And I think they caught some of the conversation. That is how we knew what happened. But I think what he said was, let's roll. Let's roll because he and a few other people discussed that look, these guys, we have to tackle them. And then and you know how these guys have guns. But they decided that look, if we are going to die, we have to die fighting. And so they were deli de 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 what, what do you call it? Um delaying. Dilly dallying. And then this thought thought Bima or thought something. He said, Let's roll. Which sounds same, same as let's go. Because the can do man, when the thing is that it's time to go, sometimes it's just time to go. It's like football. It's like soccer. Sometimes you see that look. Your ability to get the ball by yourself is very hard because the opponent they don't want you to have the ball. So, 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 sometimes the the the, the people in the midfield have been able to get possession of the ball and have struggled, and now they have cut it to uh, to, to the right wing for you, and there's nobody there. Do you get it? I mean, at that point, okay, just kick the ball. If he doesn't score, you've tried. But then that's when you also want to show all your stars. Do you get it? <laughs> you want to do this, you want to do that. Let's go. Just take that thing to the place and shoot. Sometimes there are moments that you need to act. And this type of can-do man, the can-do people, they're able to recognize the moments. And when the moments are... And you see, when we say moments, it's not always, it's not always risk-free. Amen. These moments that you say, let's go, are not always risk-free. They are often fraught with a lot of danger. Let's look at some examples. Well, first of all, sometimes the reason why people have inertia, that they are not going, they are not moving, is that you are waiting on something. Hallelujah. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. I really hope that we can finish this today. But I have a few points I want to tackle. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, can we do that? Why are we not going? Because we are waiting on something. But even though we are waiting on something, there may be something you can do. Amen. Amen. Some people, 
they put their life on hold because they are waiting on a particular thing. But sometimes, even though you are waiting on some, there are some things you can do whilst you are waiting for this other thing. Amen. Amen. The people who is the can-do man, they don't just sit. They say, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay? Keep going. And the earth was what? Without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Look at it. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Go to verse 3. And God said, let there be light and there was light. Okay, so now, the, the, the creative act of God that began to perfect things was which one? Let there be light. Like the spoken word, is that not so? That the word of God said, let there be light. But before the word of God came and said, let there be light, somebody else was at work. The spirit was at work. What was he doing? He was moving over the surface of the deep. The spirit could be sitting still, eating peanuts, uh, or, or looking into the sky and going like this, like you are waiting for something. The spirit said, Lord, the spirit could say, oh, I got nothing to do. I'm just waiting for the word. I'm waiting for a word from God. You are waiting for a word from God. But you can move. You can do something. Let's go. The spirit of God was moving. Look, when the spirit was moving over the surface of the deep, what was the deep looking like? Verse 2 says what the earth was what? Without form and what? So as the spirit, if the imagine the spirit like a bird or something with eyes moving over the surface of the deep. What was he seeing? Darkness, nothing encouraging. But the, the spirit understands that this whole thing involves what? A type of a type of cooperation or we are working in tandem. The word is about to come. But before the word comes, this is my job that I also need to do. I need to keep moving on this darkness until the word comes, until the light is proclaimed. I'm not going to just sit still and say, I am waiting for the word to be proclaimed. No, my job is to move. Sometimes you need to move and do something whilst you are waiting for something else. The spirit of the Kaduma said, let's go, let's go, let's go. You don't have everything perfect. You don't have everything together, but you can do something. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Another example, okay, one reason why people may not go, why there may be a hesitation, is that it's already great here. Everything is great here, why should I go somewhere? <laughs> Amen. And then, and then there are two examples, what was that? There's, there's two examples, one is what? Philip, when he was ministering in Acts, I think Acts chapter 8 or so, or nine, Acts 8, that, you know, the Bible says that Philip the evangelist went to Samaria, and he was ministering, and there was a great revival, was it not? Hallelujah. In fact, the revival was so great that he had to bring reinforcements from Jerusalem. They sent Peter and I think John to come and help. Amen. And then, you know, they had so many powerful uh, uh, miracles. So after, after a while, Peter and John left, and then the ministry was still going on, a great revival. But in the midst of the revival, the Spirit of the Lord said what? Philip should leave where? Samaria and go where? Go into the wilderness because there's an Ethiopian Enoch riding his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, who also needed to hear the word of the Lord. But for Philip to live a place of great success, do you get it? For him to leave Samaria where the church is working, <laughs> amen, to be thrown into the wilderness, amen. You see, if you are a person of the spirit, you move. Please understand that God moves. This mindset of the can do man, let's go. That is the mind of God. He moves. We saw it from Genesis. The spirit of God moves. A person that is working with God also moves. 
in Romans 8.14 is that they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So movement, movement is part of being, as a matter of fact, movement is not just part of sh showing that you are led by the Spirit. Movement is also a sign that you are alive. Because when there's no movement, that's a sign that something is dead. And so this idea of let's go, in a broader sense, movement, a, 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 a tendency not to be just sitting still is a sign that you are alive, both physically and spiritually. Are you listening to me, somebody? Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, let's look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 37. Mark 1, 37. All right, so we were talking about how examples of um, let's go, okay? Waiting on something, but there's something you can do. The second one is that it's already great here, but we have to go. It's already great here, but we have to go. You see, when you are leaving somewhere to go, it doesn't mean something is bad, something bad has happened. Sometimes there's just something else you need to go and do somewhere. Amen. All right. So Mark chapter 1, and when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. So Jesus had gone in 35, Jesus had gone to pray in the mountains all night. And so the next morning, they, they, they were looking for him. Do you get it? And then, so when they found him, he said, all men are looking for you. When all men are looking for you, what do you do? If you are a, 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 a pastor, that people are looking for you and you are very popular, you go and, and meet their niece. Is that not so? But look at what Jesus said in verse 38. He said unto them, let us go unto where? The next towns that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. So Jesus didn't just relish in that one place where the men need him the most. <laughs> are you listening to me, somebody? He, they, because there are others who also need to hear the word. Sometimes the reason why people don't want to go is that it's all right here. Everything is nice here. Like Bishop Dark, he was doing great at the Kodesh. But there was a time came he had to leave. He had to go. Amen. Okay, another one. The reason why people may not go is that it looks scary. But it looks scary by say we are going. Hallelujah. See, that sometimes the let's go is a question of a matter of life and death. That if you don't go, you're going to die. But then the going is dangerous. But if you don't go, the, 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 the reverse is also not a good thing. And the classic example is the crossing of the Red Sea. Amen. The crossing of the Red Sea. The crossing of the Red Sea, we all see it as a miracle. Very often, who are the characters that you think of when you think of the God's massive great deliverance by the Red Sea? Who, who are the characters? Who, who are the people that you talk about in the story? Like if you are talking about the great successes of God, great deliverances of God, what are the things that we often emphasize? What happened at the Red Crescent of the Red Sea? So, so the, 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 the people of Israel were escaping where? Egypt. Oh, are you awake? Please don't sleep on me. <laughs> We are, we are going to finish very soon. Okay. You are going to have your crackers and, and juice soon. For the communion. <laughs> are you there? So, so the people of Israel, they, are, they have escaped Egypt. The Pharaoh's son has died. And finally he said, okay, you guys go, 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 go. Take your troubles away. And then they are about to go. And now they, they have in front of them what? The Red Sea. And then what happens to Pharaoh. Pharaoh changes his mind. He said, look, these people, we've made a big mistake. What were we thinking? These are our slaves. These people work for us. Let's go chase them. So Pharaoh and his horsemen chase after what? People of Israel. And now, in front of them is what? And behind them is what? Pharaoh and his army. Hallelujah. 
And then what happened next? They cried to Moses and complained to Moses, and then Moses prayed to God, and God said what? Use your staff. Point it to the Red Sea, and it will part. Okay? So, you see, we love that part, right? It's a miracle that the sea will part. So, the sea parted, and then what did they do? They passed through it. But what is the, what is the part that is sweet, especially when you're watching a movie? When Moses tried it forth, and then what happened? The sea parted, and then they crossed. There's another sweeter part. The Egyptians also tried to cross. These people, they were not afraid. Now, first of all, you didn't part the, the Red Sea. If you didn't part it, what makes you think that you can cross? <laughs> you can also cross. It was parted for the people whose God, who has the particular staff, and said they also joined in. They tried to enter the, 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 the sea. And then as they were entering, what happened? Moses tried his thing again, and then the water came close again, and then they, they were drowned. So you see, most of the time, when we think of God's deliverance, in fact, when you read in the psalm, it says, the horse and the rider he has heard into the sea. It's a, even a song. We often talk of how God delivered Israel by drowning what? The Egyptians and then by opening the, the Red Sea. But we don't think about the mechanics and the, and the operations of crossing the Red Sea. It's not that simple. Though. But Nicholas, I was there. I saw it live. Think about, first of all, Sister Elizabeth, there is a sea, okay? There is a sea before you. And then something happens supernatural and the sea has parted. And then they say, let's go. We are talking about what? Let's go. But Eugene, do you think it was that simple to just go through? Okay, I can guarantee you that many people went through it just out of fear. What was that? They were hesitating because you are, you might, what do you think must be going through their minds? What if, as I'm going through, the, the, the water changes its mind and the water comes back? So, you see, it had to take faith. You see, the fact that God is doing a miracle doesn't mean you don't need faith. God did the miracle for them to part the Red Sea, but you still need that faith to go through the Red Sea. Hallelujah. And so, this idea of let's go through the Red Sea, it was something very scary. You either have to stand there, hesitate, and, and cry all night, and then you are captured by the Egyptians, or you go through, as you are going through, and I don't know whether the scripture only says that, that God parted the Red Sea, but I'm not too sure whether the ground was dried immediately. Perhaps it, it was dry, maybe by the time some of them were uh, uh, crossing, maybe it was dry, but I can guarantee you that there were slippery spots there. Look, the story that we read so glamorously, if you were there like I was there, it wasn't easy, brother Ishmael. <laughs> Look, I can imagine, I can imagine them crossing and people slipping and falling down. Do you get it? And then keep in mind that it is the whole Israel, right? The, all the demographics, age groups. Do you get it? What are the age groups? Zero to five are there. There are some yet born. So that a pregnant mother is going like this. And then, and then you have what? The old men, people who, who are holding sticks and, and they have to be carried. And then it's not, it's not when you are living in, in, in peaceful times, it is leisurely walking, whistling and walking and whistling. But this is not whistling time, Brother Ishmael. You have to run quickly. Because first of all, this, the, what was the Egyptians on? What, what were they on? They were on chariots and horses. You are on foot. You are on foot. And so the fact that the sea has parted and you are about to go through does not mean that it doesn't require faith. And you also have to do it quickly. And so that is one of the classic examples of let's go moments 
that even though you see clearly this is the path God has made for you, there's a hesitation, there's a danger, there's a fear. It requires faith. It requires a lot of risk-taking. But if you don't do it, the opportunity may close. Because any Israelite who couldn't cross and the Egyptians caught out with them, if the Egyptians doesn't kill you, one, the water is drowning the Egyptians, you are going to be drowned with them. Hallelujah. So, but the can do person that you know what? Look, this is not a time to cry. Somebody will be crying. That somebody, I can do person will take a stick. Say, look, we, we are going to, if we are going to cross with you by you crying and whipping, we will do it. Can do people don't take excuses and stand there? Because what we need to do, we need to do it now. Right now, our last is our stake. Hallelujah. Let's go. The can do man said, let's go. And then finally, it will be uncomfortable, but I'm going. Amen. Sometimes a place you need to go is uncomfortable, but you need to go. There's somebody you need to have a conversation with. That's an uncomfortable conversation, but you need to have it. Hallelujah. Maybe you need to go and apologize to somebody. Maybe somebody that relations have strained. But in order for you to continue in your life, in order for you to go to the next level, you cannot keep on having grudges. You cannot keep on having problems, but you need to go. Look, Jacob had run away from Esau after stealing Esau's blessing. I know that, spiritually speaking, it was prophesied that the younger shall serve the older. I mean, the, the, the older shall serve the younger, okay? Spiritually speaking. And then also, Esau sold his birthright to, to, um, to, to, to Jacob. But let's talk about it from the human side. From the human side, what Jacob did was that he tricked his father that he thought he was Esau. Hallelujah. So if you are Esau, without thinking, putting all the, your spiritual caps on, would you not be angry with your brother? So he was looking for him to kill him. Amen. So he, he fled, and then when he fled, he met God. He went to live with Laban. He had um, a family, raised a family. But at a point, when Laban was cheating and cheating him, he felt like it's time to go. And, but on the way back, he realized that, look, God has blessed me, but there is someone I need to make peace with. Do you get it? Sometimes, sometimes you can reach a stage in life that you can say, okay, forget about this, forget about that, but I can guarantee you that there are certain things that must be done. So Jacob recognized that moment in Genesis chapter 32 when he was leaving Laban. Eventually he said, I must, I cannot, you cannot be running forever. So in Genesis 32, let's look at it real quick. And then we will close. Genesis 32. I think I'm looking for verse number 18. All right. So you see, when, before he left, he, he sent people to go and give presents to Esau. Is that not so? He said, these are your servant Jacob. See, if, if he asks you, who are these? He said, this come from your servant. This is his own brother, his twin brother. But he was afraid. Hallelujah. You see, the father, you are afraid of doing something that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. You may be afraid initially, but you still have to go. It's an uncomfortable situation, but you still have to go. Hallelujah. All right. I'm now looking for 33. Chapter 33. And then we'll look at that verse. Genesis 33, verse 1 to 4. Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came. So he finalized the point of meeting. Esau came. 
and with him 400 men. And he divided the children unto Leah and unto Jerichel and unto the two handmaids. So he said he did what a prudent man would do. If we all go and Esau kills all of us die. So he divided them so that if he kills some, some will remain. Do you get it? I'm sure Rachel was the last group that he was sent because that was his favorite. So he said he said probably sent Rachel last and his and, and, and her descendants. Okay, next verse. He put the handmaids and their children foremost. See? Look at that. The handmaids and their children, he they put them foremost. You, they go and face Esau first. Okay? If there's a dying, you die. And then Leah and her children after. And Rachel and Joseph hindermost. You see, at that time, Rachel was pregnant with Benjamin. Joseph had been born already. So Rachel was last because that's the safest place. Okay, keep going. And he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. All these things are showing you the, the what do you call it, um, mechanics of what sometimes something you need to do. But it's uncomfortable, it is scary. But you may go through all that, but still do it. Still, the main, the main thing is that do it. Let's go do it. You may hesitate, but do it. You may delay, but do it. You may, you may be thinking of not doing it, but do it. You may have all kinds of, uh, what do you call it, uh, 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 dilly-dallying around, but go ahead and do it. So eventually, he bowed to the ground. How many times? Seven times. Until he came near to his brother. That was the moment of truth, as they say. Verse number four. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. He was so scared. He thought that Esau was going to kill him. He thought something bad was going to happen, but what he feared most did not happen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't do what we need to do because we are so afraid. But eventually, when he did it, what he feared most, rather it became a blessing. And all the gifts he wanted to give to Esau, Esau said, don't worry about it. I have, I have enough on my own. Hallelujah. And so, the last statement of the can do man that we are talking about is that sometimes you have to tell yourself, let's go. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Rise up to your feet and let's pray. Take out a good offering. Father, we are grateful to you for your help. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your teachings. Thank you for your encouragements. And now we give to you, Lord, of what you have given to us. We give to you to appreciate you and to thank you. May you bless it. May you bring honor to your name. May you multiply it, O God, and cause your children to prosper and do well in the name of Jesus. Amen.